So, if you recall from last week, we had all of the issues related to uh, what what would be considered ikar and what was tafel, what is the main thing and what isn't, and how we say the brachot, and what about shlakot, which is these boiled things, and what we call in, in terms of fruit, kampots, and those kind of things, and we also had this interesting question of of kaverim yordim eretz Yisrael and some of the geography um, that's attached to it, etc. And again, our main issue here is the brachot, the appropriateness of brachot, what kind of brachot, and um, and uh, what happens if things are changed. Meaning, it's clear that if somebody's eating an apple, what the bracha will be, but what happens if it's boiled, what happens if it's in a something part of something else, what happens in a kugel and those kind of things, what takes what we're going to do. We're now going to deal, first of all, with sort of things that's relied to measure we'll see in volume and then uh, actually an interesting concept of, of again, what brachot are recited and it looks like a ma'asesha haya, something that happened or could have happened that, that will relate to uh, what we did last time in terms of this discipleship and fellowship concept um, and, and working with dis- teachers and disciples. Okay? So that's the kind of the background that we'll get today. So we are at the Amarle Rabbi Yirmiya Le Rabbi Zera. Okay? Everybody have the page and all your books? Okay. Somebody want to read today? Please. Amarle Rabbi Yirmiya Le Rabbi Zera. Okay, so Rabbi Yirmiya says to Rabbi Zera, "Tell me, Rabbi Yochanan, who was obviously is a major person, how did he say the bracha over salted olives, olives which are in a brine, if you will? Okay, that's the question. Is it because it's simply an olive? You say, Bore priyadama." Or because it's in more of a brine now, it's now in a different state. Okay, that's the question that came up. So the first response is there has to be a certain volume, a certain measure. And the measure is an olive, kezayat. Well, He's not really eating kezayat, because what is he doing? Throwing away the pit. So there's less than, if you will, the volume or the weight of a kezayat. How do you know there wasn't a pit? Because most olives are. Period. Because most olives are? With pits. Right, so. Okay. Okay, fine. It wasn't that it was removed, it's just that you don't eat it. No, no, he's threw it. He, 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 he ate. The, was ready to eat the olive. He knew he had to throw out the pit. You don't have the volume, okay, or the measure that's there. Kevan deshkila that he throws away. Legarine. A garin is a seed, right? Bitzar le shiura. He has less than the shiur, less than the regular measure that is necessary to say a bracha. So why are you really asking? You know, he's now there's there's nothing that really should be recited in terms of a bracha period. Amarle. So when we say it has to be a measure of kezayat, okay, who says it has to be a big olive? Okay, so 
those of you who go back to your boobies recipes, okay, they said, take a cup of flour. Well, which cup? Okay? A handful. My, my grandmother, Elder Shalom, used to say, they say, well, you take a cup of, of this white, white roses flour. But, but, but Grandma, which cup? This cup, this cup. Oh, a cup. You know, whatever. A cup. You know, everybody knows. A glass filler, right. Okay? Well, which one? I mean, you want to know if you're going to make it? You're supposed to, okay? Well, that doesn't help any. That's the problem. Okay? So if you're going to deal with measures, and in the case brachot, then you want to say, make sure that you say the bracha, right? Who says he's dealing with a big olive? Meaning it has to be of a, a bigger quantity. Uh, quantity in terms of the measure and therefore taking out the pit may mean that you don't have quite the measure and you want to say the bracha. Okay? He goes on and says Okay. What we need is a middle size olive. Okay? Whatever that was. And again, you got to understand they probably knew what that was. They'd have an idea. Most of them were farmers in that. So they knew what the big olives were and small olives, etc. And if you take out from, all you need is a middle-sized olive, and you take out the pit from a bigger one, you still got left. <coughs> now this is, you know, this is—it's not an answer clearly to to the first question, which is which bracha do you say? Okay, so they're teaching you something on the side is that you don't—if something is something very small, you don't say the bracha unless it's what's known as kizayit. And in essence, what you have is. The two major ones are kezayat and kebetza, like an egg. Okay, again, a big egg or a little egg, right? Medium, right, small, medium, or large. The answer is basically medium. Okay, and those relate to different kinds of things in terms of what you're supposed to eat and what bracha you're supposed to say, even the seder, how much you're supposed to eat, of the matzah and the maror and those kinds of things. Kezayat, Kebetza, etc. deals with a sense that they understood as volumes of things. And they had an idea of approximately what that would be. Okay, so that's how you have to see the first part. But we still don't have an answer, do we? And the fact that he came or asked Rabbi Yochanan, what was it? He had a Zayat Gadol. The Afal Gad, that even though the Shakluha, that he put, threw away, cast away, the Garinote, the Garin, the seed, Pash was left. Pash means in this case was still left, Le Shiur, he still had the Shiur. So we're back to the question of what you're supposed to say. Okay, so they're saying here, but how do I know how he said a bracha at all? Response is, he had a big olive. And even if he threw away the pit, which was normal, of course, there was still the shiur, the volume that was necessary for a bracha, and that was an, uh, a zayid benoni. So we're back to the same spot in that case. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait a sec, wait a sec. Yeah. It depends. They're the same thing to them. They're basically the same thing. The olive weight and the volume is going to be the same. It doesn't really matter. In other words, it's this, it is the size, but it also becomes the volume. Well, like so when you take size is volume. I, don't think it, I, think, I thought it was supposed to be the size of a walnut. 
No, there's different opinions. You have to take something. You have to take something. That's all. No, but again, what the weight, the, the the size represents the volume. Okay, it's not a ma- it's not a matter of the weight; it's the size. But that size is ultimately what 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 will be whatever you take you're eating or whatever the case may be. To them, it was one and the same. Okay, I understand what you're saying. You're not going to take out a scale, but it's basically the same kind. It's, to them, it's the same thing. Size and volume are the same. Weight is different. We took feathers and they had the fistful of feathers; it would weigh a lot less. But the size and the volume is the same, right? But not the weight. Yes. Okay. We, when we're talking about a zayat, what it really means, lokatan velogadol. Nishtahir, nishtahir, it's somewhere in the middle. Right? Ela benoni, in the middle. Bizehu, and that kind of olive is called an aguri. Aguri. I don't know what it is. The, they had again in an agricultural society. You knew different. You had different. You know nomenclature for everything. Okay, in an, in, a, in when you had animals, you had nomenclature for everything. So they knew again. It was called aguri, which probably you know is more, much more of a Greek kind of word than a, than a Hebrew word. But I don't. We don't know what it exactly is, in, in, except for it'll give you a, a sort of the etiology of it in a moment. So now Fran understands it. It's not aguri, it's an avruti. Okay? Whatever an avruti is. And some called it a samrusi. When you have three possibilities, what does that mean? Nobody knows. They were called by different names. It may have been different in the southern part of Palestine, it's in the northern part of Judea, it may have been different in Babylonia. You know? Are there different kinds of olives? There are different kinds of olives. Spanish olives, regular, you know, etc. I don't, I don't know exactly what they were referring to. Presumably they did, or in fact they didn't. Because that's why you have different, different names. It's as simple as that. But that was an olive, a Benoni olive. That was a middle olive. Middle side olive. Yeah. So this is a discussion among the elite. So the, the farmer out somewhere... How does he, does he just sort of have to wait until somebody gives him some help, or how does he know whether he's doing things right or not? The answer is, it had to be a, first of all, the question is whether he cared or care, because the Namaharis wasn't as careful, number one. Number two, they knew approximately, you know, when you said a middle olive, middle-sized olive, well, I want to know exactly, what is a middle-sized olive? I can't tell you what a middle-sized olive is today. I don't think any of us could really say that. We know what a big olive, you know. Something looks under these, okay? And we know what a little one is. So I, I would gather they had a, a concept already. Um, and remember, these people lived in the world too. They weren't just sitting in in the ivory tower and discussing things that no, they worked and they had farms and everything else too. So you know, as the case may be. So I gather what happened is people had an idea already, and this is sort of after the fact, trying to prove most of it in, in that way. <laughs> and I tell you, what's the difference? Okay, so you're gonna. How long you leave it? Okay, so the answer is I don't know that matters. No, I'm saying I don't know that it matters to them because you're dealing with volume or with size, not with brand. 
And the brand is, there's three names for what would be considered to be a middle-sized olive. And now they're going to give the ideology or the explanation why one of them would be called why it is. Okay, Shamno, that it's oil, literally, its taste is within it, agur, and it means to capture in it. Okay, that's why it was given that kind of name. Okay, um, Rashi says, Mezuman It's ready to come out from it. It's not like found right within the uh, fruit, like apple or tutim or berries. But more like the, the, the grapevines, etc. Okay, so. That's supposedly why they called it such. I have, we have no a clue uh, beyond that, etc. Let's just look down for first at Orach Halacha, where it says Shior Kasayit. Yeah, so I don't have my glasses. All right, Mishareem Kezayit Benoni. Normally, when you're dealing with halachic matters, it's Kezayit Benoni, a middle-sized olive. Uvedavar Godlo Kayamot Daot And with regard to its growth, etc., there are different opinions. Is it half an, an egg or less than that? or a third of a of an egg. They weren't exact. Okay? It was like as my grandma used to say to them, they, well, you take a pinch of this. What the heck is that? You know? That's the question because eggs also come in different sizes. Correct. So it's a it's a middle size egg, too. <laughs> you know, again, you didn't have exact kind of. If you're on the farm, and, and those kind of things, and you want to take a bite of something, gee, I think I'm going to go weigh this and figure out exactly what. So it gives you an approximate kind of thing, as the case may be. Okay, so that's that's what. The next part is a, is a, is an interesting part because of the sort of the um, the dialogue that goes on amongst the rabbis in this case more than even what bracha said now you'll notice we didn't tell us anything about the bracha didn't answer the question right yeah. the Talmud still kind of said oh well we were, what kind of olive is it shouldn't even but didn't answer so they go on to say maybe this all this discussion goes back to an earlier discussion of a Tanaitic discussion meaning the time of the Mishnah and where we're after that, Yerba Yochanan is in the northern part of Israel. He is the one who supposedly put together the Jerusalem Talmud, third century or so, fourth century. Maybe this is a reminiscent of an earlier discussion in the Tanaitic period back to the second century of the Common Era. And how do we know? Okay, that there was a case where two students were sitting with, before, literally, Kameh in Bar Kapara. Okay? He had two students there. This is this disciple concept, right? Sitting with him, and what happens? Okay, Hevi Lefanav, Kruv, Kruv is? Cabbage. Cabbage. Durmaskin. Again, I'm not sure what it is. He, ha- he has it's some sort of, of, of plum of some sort. Here it says plum. Right, some sort of plum. Okay, that, that some of us have the picture on the side. You can look at the, the, the botany of it. Okay, 
and Pargiyot. Pargiyot I never knew until you went to Israel. Dark meat Right. What is Pargiyot? The, the dark meat of the chicken. Right. It's the dark meat of the chicken. You go into you go into an Israeli restaurant. You order pargiot today. It's the legs and the, and the thighs. So I, I never. I mean, until I went to Israel and learned it, I never learned it. And it looks back to be that's how they actually uh, translate it as well. So it seems to have been a word that goes all the way back, or was picked up, if you will, by the the linguists, by the lashon akarimai to to it. So so what does he have? He has three things in front of him: cabbage, plums. And pargiot. So, what's the problem, or what could be the problem? Which bracha do you say at least first? Okay, so what bracha would you say over the kruv? Adama. Over the durmaskin? Reyates. And the pargiot? Shakol. You have three things in front of you. What's considered to be the main part of the meal? What's considered to be considered to? Well, you're answering the question. What is considered to be the lesser part of the meal? What is considered to be more important, if you will, etc. So you know what happens if the pargiot are mixed in a salad, in a cabbage salad. Okay, so it's there, but it's not the main thing. So it's not like you're you're seeing it as a main dish and two side dishes, right? But I don't have to see it that way. I could see it as a cabbage salad with this stuff thrown in in the middle, and the plum is the dessert. You know, you should go on one of those cooking shows. There you go. People know I think I know nothing, right? <laughs> and I do nothing. Okay, so this is like he's the rabbi sitting with them and says, "No, I'm going to allow one of you to say the blessing." Now you'll see the answer below is, "Why does one of them have to lead the blessing?" This isn't the motzi, the hamotzi, you know, let's do the hamotzi, and somebody has to lead them. You would say your private bracha. We'll see that below. It's not like Berkat Amazonia, it's not a Mazuman. But uh, presumably, I don't know if he was testing them, or if he was giving them honor, which is I think the case was, before the teacher. One of you lead us in the blessing. What happens? One of them, I don't know who, kafatz, meaning jumped in, okay, immediately said, Shakol Nyebidvaro. Ligleg to deride, to make fun of. Okay, to make fun of, literally. Okay, you're sitting before the rabbi, and the rabbi says, Nu, say the bracha. And one of them, Jumps in and says, "Shakol the Yevid Vro." The says, "Ha! How could you do that? What silly! How silly you can be! Why did you say that bracha first, etc.?" And the rabbi's sitting there. Okay, it's wonderful time, you know, conduct of students, as the case may be. It never happens, of course, as the case may be. So, what is what does Bar Kapara do? Okay, let's see what happens. We're not so sure what happens, so we'll see. Okay, he, he became angry. The question is, with whom? I'm not angry with the person who said the bracha. He could be right or he could be wrong, but what am I concerned about? The person who's mocking him. You know, Derek Eretz. 
Did he was wrong? No, so he was wrong. So you tell him privately, you know. Jews are very good at telling things privately and not publicly, as sort of, etc. You know, especially in synagogue life. Um, you know, all you know, they knew some derech eretz. Come on, you know, the, the sitting especially sitting before the rav. He says, "I'm not angry with the person who said the bracha. I don't know if he's right or wrong, right? But you mock him in front of me, loyafeh, loyafeh." He says to him, Look, maybe this person has never really tasted this, the taste of meat. For him, this is a delicacy. For him, this is far more important than the cabbage salad or anything else. Maybe that's why he said the bracha. He's not saying what she should say yet, right? He's saying, but not what we would say in the Hebrew, give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe this, he felt that he needed to say the bracha because he'd never really tasted meat or never this kind of meat. And here was an opportunity to really show his gratitude in front of his rub for that things. Now, Chazar Amar, and now, Bar Kapara, now, either this is a different tradition or he changed his mind and see what happens now. Wait a minute, you know, so all of a sudden, Chazar, now what does Chazar mean in this case? Does he mean he, he, he raked one over the coals and then said, whoops, sorry, I'm going to rake the other one over the coals? Because now he's now, now who's, he, who's he dealing with as the one who he thinks is, it hasn't done something proper? The person who said the bracha. But what does Chazar mean? That it's a good question. What Chazar means here? Does it mean it at Suriatum as such? He ripped one apart, and then he started to rip the other one apart. Does it mean a different tradition? The Chazar seems to be what that it seems to be. You know, at Suriatum, he first ripped the side part. The person who didn't show the the Derech Eretz. Maybe he he did it, and then he rips apart the other one. No, not Chazar B'Tshuva, because there's no, there's no Tshuva here. No, really. Right, the use, right, to return. Right, to return to in, in Tshuva, we would say, in that case. Correct. But it's really very difficult to figure out what the word Chazar means. How do they translate in your English? They punt. Hmm? He basically punts. He punts, okay. I mean, it's yeah. just Bar Kapara then said. Then said, said, right. The Marshan. Right. The right. right. And what did everybody say? I think what it says continued. He, he didn't say. He, he says it. It, 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 it says it, continued. Right. So it, it continued in Right. He's, he's going to sense he's ripping both of them. But the word Chazar is, it's, I don't think, I think if you're going to translate it rightfully, it means he now said, which is a different thing than just saying he then said. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a, if it's an Atsiriyatim. And what does he say? Look, wait, wait. So what he says now, not on the person who made fun of the mocker, but the person who said the bracha. Maybe, maybe. He said, you know, he rips apart one, now he's going to rip apart another. You've never had teachers like this who rip everybody apart in class, right? You don't see this a lot, do you? No, no, I don't see. It's a unique construct. You know, the answer is, of course. I, I don't. I'm not used to it, uh, and you know, and, and I'm going to say you never see it, of course, because I never know never. But it, it is an odd phrase to be able to say, and, and because he's, you know, it's like two students. He says, "Okay, one of you say the bracha," and one jumps in, and the other one mocks him, and the and he's saying, "Look, 
Why are you talking about it? That's not the way you act. Can you see that to your kids? Yeah. Okay? Even before you get to the to everything else, you talk about the conduct. You know? You didn't do right. Come on. Don't make fun of him. Now he looks at the other one and says, wait a minute. And you also didn't do right? Okay? Well, your kids are fighting. Oh, you're to blame. No, you're to blame. You look at one of them and say, how come you did that? And you look at them and say, but you're the older one. Don't you know better? I mean, you... Does that ever happen in your house? Never. Never. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Never. My boys are all sodics. Take after the Okay, so you can see it's possible under those circumstances he's really he's kind of saying to both of them. Now, why does what about the second one? What does he say to him? Why does he concerned about him? Vamar. What did they do? Kafatz. Wait, wait. Kafatz. Right? He literally jumped in. Okay? What would have been the proper thing to say? Rav, no, I don't want to be able to do it. Why don't you do it? You're a Rav, right? You're a rabbi. The Kafatz seems to show a lack of kavod. Okay? A lack of respect. So he says, If you're not going to honor me because of wisdom, honor me at least as an elder. Okay, and there's a play here because I, if you recall my Yom Kippur sermon, when you deal with the word chacham or, or zaken, the phrase seems zeshakanachochma. An elder is a person who has acquired wisdom, whether it's real wisdom or, you know, experiential wisdom as such. So he said, you know, the first one, the first one he ripped apart by saying you didn't show kavod to your friend. The second one he rips apart by saying you didn't show kavod to me. He hasn't said which is the right bracha. We haven't, we haven't forget the brachas. Okay, it's like the old thing: you ask your kids to do something, and they start fighting. You forget what you ask them, but you know they're fighting. You got to take care of that first. Well, wait a minute, Rabbi. You gave me permission to to make the blessing in the first place. Right. And, and what would have been the, the the preferred option? Thank you very much, but the rav should leave. Yeah, the rav should leave. You know, or that the word kafatz may have been too much. May have jumped in on his words. Right. Or he might have said, he gave one of them and they might have taken, well, no, you do it, no, you do it, etc. But in front of him, it, he felt it was an affront as such to, if not him personally, then what he stood for more than anything else. Shinnatan, from Shana. And both of them didn't live out the year. Boy, so, just remember as you sit with me. <laughs> For some of you, I'm not an elder, I understand, but <laughs> I won't go further than that. So, so, by the way, not unusual in terms of an understanding. When else do you know that these things occurred? We have a number of cases where if you didn't treat somebody right, the main one is coming up. The students of Rabbi Akiva throughout this whole period, one of the reasons, according to the text, right, well, that they were killed because they had narrow eyes for each other, they didn't show kavod to each other, the 12,000 pairs of disciples. And they were killed during what we became, what we understood as the Bar Kokhba revolt, we don't know if it was really the Bar Kokhba revolt, that they died in, etc. So kavod of one to another, it wasn't even kavod to their teacher, it was to 
one for another, and they were, in a sense, killed as such, or died of a plague, or however we want to phrase it. I also think of the opposite, which is always Hillel and Shammai. Talk about how they, they showed respect to one another. Yeah. Right, right. Showed respect. Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, too. And so, and married each other. Okay, and again, we said, you know the famous Midrash? Why was the second temple destroyed? Sinat Chinam, idol hatred. The first one, it was idolatry and etc., all those horrible things. The second one, the Talmud says, Sinat Chinam. So, it is, there is a line here that, that follows. There's a thread. It's not a pleasant one, but it basically says, you know, you've got to act properly in, in behavior, both with your fellow student, your Akiva story, with your fellow citizen, the base Migdash, the base Migdash, the destruction story, and with your teacher as well in this story. So, again, is it, you know, do you have to take it literally? You don't have to take it literally, but it's clear that they understood that what these students did was inappropriate. And the word, again, that the key word is kafatz and ligleg. Those are, you know, terms that literally he jumped on his words. He wanted to get in front of the other student, lack of respect, and the other one mocked him in public in front of his teacher. And by doing so, they were mocking their teacher. The words themselves are ugly. Yeah, yeah. Leg leg is a wonderful word in Hebrew, right? Lilag <laughs> leg, I guess. Okay, so use that in your Hebrew the Sunday courses this Sunday. <laughs> Uliglegoti. Wow. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Say it ten times, you know. Um, yeah, no, the words themselves are. Okay? So, you have here, a, a, again, you're supposed to. There's what's known as Shimush Talmidei Chachamim. You're supposed to serve the scholars. You're supposed to show them respect. You're supposed to show respect to your fellow human being. These two didn't do it at all. And. They didn't live. And again, we have other stories in the Talmud where that happens too, if you didn't show respect to others. But the best one is actually, you know, the period of what we call, at least the way the Talmud understands it, the period of the Omer. That they didn't show kavod to each other, the students. Yeah, you don't show respect to the wrong person. Correct. We know in that age and in this age too. You know? You don't show respect to Putin, you know what happens. <laughs> he gets elected again by a certain amount and you know, we know I don't want to go there, but you know. Okay? In certain societies you don't show proper respect. You're done. You don't even last the year. Okay? What about Mordechai? Okay? You know show respect to the Haman? You know what happens. The whole pe not only Mordechai, but his whole people would have been destroyed. It became an excuse. Right, right. They don't carry out their objective, but it says, Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so you're right. See, in certain societies, you mock the ruler, you're done. Okay, and it happens, as I say, as, as recent as today's news. You don't want to play games in Saudi Arabia, okay, or in Iran, or now the, so the for Russia. And needless to say, other planes, other places as well. The White House. Ooh. 
I didn't, wouldn't have touched that one, but some. <laughs> you may lose a job. At least we're more lenient. <laughs> you know, we don't, they don't. At least they don't take them out to slaughter immediately. But you may lose your job. You know, one day before retirement. That's. A, that's a <laughs> so be careful what you do. Okay, so this is, again, you have no clue whether this happened or not, etc. But there clearly is a didactic nature to what it's teaching you. A respect for one another and respect for your teacher. Now, now let's go back to what really happened. What's the question? The question is, why did one say one and one say that? Who cares, right? <laughs> After you've broken up the fight with your kids, what were we arguing about? <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know. So now you're dealing with, now let's go back to the original question of what we're talking about. My love, the high come up, got me, Paul What were they really dis, dis, disagreeing on? Okay. Okay, so the mevarech, meaning the first person, says, Savar, Shlakot, again, these are the, the mixtures of things that we've talked about before, Upargiot, in the chicken, Shehakol Nyeh Bidvaro, Hilkach Chaviv Adif. Therefore, what you love, but you want more. Okay, meaning this was the main course, and the others were the things. You, what are you going to really make as your main course? The meat. And therefore, what is the main bracha? Shehakol. Now, the interesting again, you can see the interesting part is they don't have names for people. Okay, one is the person who kafats, and one is the ligleg. Ligleg amar, milagleg. That simply has he's known. The mocker. Okay, it's really pulling them down. Savar think or thought. So, he has two brachot. One is. For Borei Priyadama, that's the Shlakot. That's the cabbage, that's all the salads and whatever. And one is Shakol. What is a more important bracha? Not the food itself, but what is a more important bracha? Borei Priyadama. Because it's, you know, Shakol is his overall thing. It relates to everything. Borei Priyayets, Hamotzi, okay? Again, we've seen Hamotzi is the main bracha. Borei Priyayets, Borei Priyadama would be sort of second category. Borei Mineh Mizonot, the bottom one, Shakol. First of all, because you hardly say, you don't say a, a full Berkarbazon over Shakol, and you don't say the, shlosh, the main Shalosh, you simply say Borene Fashot. The others have a final bracha that are attached to them. So this one says, the first one says, what's really the main part of the meal? The, the, the chicken. So therefore you say Shakol. The second one says, no, it's a hierarchy of brachot. What is the more important bracha? Bore Priyadama. Okay? No. So that's supposedly what they're disagreeing on. We have no clue because, again, above it was did simply, he kafats. I don't know what he said. Kafatsu presumably shakol. Right? And the other one, I don't know what he said. So now we have what? No. But of course the Talmud isn't satisfied. I mean, you have to agree on certain things, right? <coughs> No, no. All of them agree if there's shlakot, if there's a side dish, if it's a salad, something which is, you know, in that sense, a mixture, and pargiot, 
it's clearly shehakol. It's not. It has nothing to do with the hierarchy. It's got to do with the main food. But but in what did they logically disagree in this particular case? All right. One thought that it is it's what the not the hierarchy of brachot. But the hierarchy of food. One thought, chaviv adit, that which you like, that which is enamored to you. Okay? And for him it was pargiot. The rest was side dishes. Okay? It's like when you go into the Israeli restaurant, you order pargiot. Ma tosafot. What do you want as your side dishes? It was the main thing, is the pargiot. Umar savar kruvadif, that the cabbage became the most important. Dizayen, from the word. Mazon, it's filling. It's you eat that all the time. Okay, cabbage in those days was again. Pargiot was a delicacy, therefore was chaviv. You don't eat meat all the time, and therefore, someone said you say that, and one says no, no. It has to do that which is basically fills you up, that which makes you is part of your normal uh, uh, diet and your normal menu. And what is that? That's the kruv. And what do you say on kruv? Borei priyadama. So what we have, basically, is which one do we say first? We have disagreements on what the categories are. Is it the bracha, or is it that which is really the main dish, that which you like most? So, let me read the iunim on the bottom of the previous page first. Natan reshut levarech. Kvar ta'u rishonim mishuma lo why didn't everybody say the blessing himself? You don't ask somebody to say Borei Priyadama for everybody. It's not like Motsi. Clearly not Brak Brakat Amazon, as we learn. Sharei ein zimun beperot. You don't need somebody to say the bracha. V'izbiyo ki v'racha rishona efshar lin hokin. That with a, 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 a bracha at the beginning, you can do it that way. Umas berim ki bar kapara tzmo loratza ela lechol minatafel. Bar Kapara only wanted to eat that which was not the major part of the meal. And he therefore asked one of the students to say the blessing for him over the main part of the meal. That's why he said, I'm only going to have a little bit of cabbage. You know, I ate already. I don't want to eat too much. I don't want meat. I don't want to become fleshic, whatever the case may be. So you say the bracha, and you by that way you'll put their mind. I won't have to say the bracha as well, because you've said it for me. You're motzim me as such. That's one of the reasons. Uvayirshami Eruah Masaze Ha Azlan Tre Ama Velosh Mina Mimeklum. Two people came. Okay, Harei Alchushnei Yamashin Mita Velosh Shamanu Mimeklum. Two people went to their death, and we really don't know the reason why, and they invented this story as such. Shedayin Lo Barur Ketzad Sarich Ha'elin Hovim Mikrezet. Because we still don't know how you're supposed to deal with it. Doesn't give you an answer, right? Okay, so Pera Adif in Orach Halacha. Hayulafanav Shneid. This is this is more of the answer in the Halacha. Two things that were in front of you. Shachad mehem berchato chashuva. In which case the bracha itself is more important. Like borei priyadama as against shehakol. Mivarkim alav kodem. You say the borei priyadama first. That became the bracha. Not which is chaviv, but a hierarchy of brachot. What's chaviv? Chaviv is the, the, which is love, more beloved by you. But what about the whole the concept of something that's more... Hey, first, Marcy, first. Yeah, sir. The fact that you say Kodem, uh, like, mean you also say the other one after? 
Because yeah, you would because again, it's not like motzi, which is most right. finishes right. until so the end. You say them all. You say them all. It's just the order that they're worried about. If you eat the bread, it's so much easier. A lot of times, it seems like when there's a conflict between us both, you do the one that's more prevalent. Correct. So why doesn't that apply here? Like you would say it on the the food that's more common. I think that's the concept of the kruv in the second part. Okay, they don't use tadir v'shein no tadir. They don't use it in food. In you know, food you use it in rituals like we did this past Shabbos with three Torahs and those kind of things. Um, but I think so. I think it has to do with it, it, it answers it more in terms of that which is more filling and that which is more usually eaten. Right, so that's the way I would take it. And the last one says, Katikot, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to learn in a moment. Okay? So, yes, sir. Um, there's a discussion of chicken here. Is the, is the whole issue of whether chicken is flesh or not, is it discussed in the Talmud or later? It, it's discussed in the Mishnah. Where the Mishnah says that ch- chicken or fowl and uh, milk can go on the table together. By the time of the Talmud in Chulin, it's, it's, it's said that that's not permissible. So the Mishnah already had at least some people believe that fowl was not uh, was was parva, if you will, um, and and not meat. Um, by this time, it was meat to everybody. Okay. Again, I always say to people, "Well, why is it? Why is chicken meat?" I said, "When you go, if you're a vegetarian or a, a piscatarian, do you ever eat chicken?" The answer is no. Except when you do. Okay, it's be- because it's considered meat for everybody. Just by the way, yeah. classification is exactly the same to everybody today. Okay, so let's do. Let's see if we can get done this part. Amar Rabbi Zera. Amar Rabbi Zera. Okay, so now another one. Okay, Rabbi Zera says, Ki Ravuna. When I was at Ravuna's place, okay, Amarlan, he said to us, Okay. Hane gargidile de lifta. Okay, tafshil the he translated here is tafshil shel teradim. Tered today is. Anybody know? Spinach. Spinach. Tered. It's the modern word for for spinach. You just come back from Israel. Very good. I don't know if you ordered it, but it's very good. Okay. How do they translate that one in English? Huh? What does it say? Turnip. Okay, of the same kind of thing. Okay, like I said today, tarot is is exactly uh, that, and he's got a picture on the side here. Okay, which is a bit more of a turn. Okay, paraminhu um, prima raba. So the question is, it was, it, it, is it mixed with with dough? What, is it simply um, uh, the um, prima seems to be garinutahi ukeshachlo chaykai? It has some sort of um, thing attached to it as such, and and you eat it as it's raw as such. In that case, you say pore priadama. But okay, zuta is small. Okay, small thing. In this case, what you say, That's what happened with Ravuna. He said, that's what he taught us. 
Okay, that's what he taught us with regard to this. And when we went to Rav Yehuda's place, here you go back to what we've talked before. The rabbi had a court, if you will. The rabbi had a table fellowship. The rabbi, when I, we went by, we went to the yeshivas of Rav Huna, and this is what he said to us. Then we went to the yeshiva of Rav Yehuda, and this is what he said to us. Both. Doesn't matter if it's big, small, whatever. You say borei priha adama. And if it is somehow sort of mixed together, that is lin dim dim tik. What word do you hear? Matok to sweeten its taste, meaning it's tafel. It's not the main thing. Okay, it's simply to add spices to add it to its taste. Therefore, no matter whether it's big, little, whatever is attached to it, it's still, according to him, um, a uh, uh, ultimately Borei Priyadama. Now, again, you, you, you'll see, this is really, it's again, fascinating that they went from place to place as such. They went to Yeshiva, Yeshiva, when we went to Rav Kahana, Ravashi said when we went to Rav Kahana's thing, he said to us, Okay, at Tavshil, what is Selek again? Beats. Today it's Beats. Okay? Dela Mafshu Kimcha. They don't put some sort of Kemach, flour. With it, what do you say? You're eating it in essence raw? As the vegetable, Bore Priyadama. But with Lifta, we'll say, we'll call it, you know, turnips, in which there is usually more flour hmm. attached to it. Now it's Bore Mine Bizonot. It's not the, the turnip itself, it's the covering, if you will. Because you're using more flour. Because you're using more flour, and that's a more important bracha. But then he, Hadar means again, it's like Hazar. He then thought about it again and said, Well, to tell you the truth, let me think about it again. I'm, I need to say, and what do I say? Either one. Bore Priyadama. That's really helpful. And the reason that there is a little bit more of the uh, the flour is simply so literally to hold it together. Lidabuke. What's devek in Hebrew? Glue. Okay? Same word. Okay? To hold it together. And so it's really the only purpose is it's not to be eaten. It's because you're making this thing. Now, again, this is like a covering to the to the, uh, uh, to the to the vegetable or the fruit. Is the main thing the fruit? Or is the or is the part or is the main thing the covering? Well, there the idea the, the seems to say yes, that it's the fruit. But what happens if the you know there's a little piece of cherry inside and a lot of dough around it? Okay? Maybe maybe it's the dough that we're supposed to say the bracha on. Or maybe name is Zonot. 
the flower. Okay, so that, that's, that's what they're dealing with here. Probably depends on how much so, money so they're shopping around for different rabbis looking for one that has the one that was really preeminent? Well, Rabbi Zayr, Rav Huna is a very important rabbi. Rav Yehuda is a very important rabbi. Rav Ashi is a very important rabbi. Okay, they don't live necessarily at the same times. Okay. Rav Ashi is the last of the generations. Um, and, but each of them are significant individuals in Babylonia. And they each probably had some sort of either yeshiva or gathering that people came to. Now, it doesn't say they asked him, does it? It says he said to them, meaning I'm, he was the teacher and he was teaching about something and he, this is what they said. It doesn't say, well, listen, Rob, what do we think about X? And the same one, what are they? So, the, so you have to kind of take it as we were in the shiur, he was teaching, and during the shiur, somebody brought something for him. Uh, you know this kind of thing, or as part of the, of, the, of the Talmud study, he said this, and they're simply quote unquote reporting more than anything else. Okay, so it's not it, at least the way the Talmud brings it. We're not shopping around at that point. We're, at different times, we went to different yeshivas and we learned with different rabbis. That was permissible. Rabbi Kiva learned with Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yoshua, right, in different places. So, okay, now let's, since we've talked about tered, which we say is Spanish, but seems to be some sort of turnip in, in those days, tavshil, if you make a stew, okay, some sort of mixture of it. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good for you. It's good for your heart and good for your eyes. The, the, wait a minute. How many of you grew up with say when, you, when your mother gave you spinach because Popeye, come on, Popeye, right? Make you big and strong. Um, again, going back, think of the foods that were given to you sometimes that you couldn't stand. As I said once, our house, bless her, my, every Thursday night was liver, which we couldn't stand. Nobody could stand it, right? But gave you iron. It was good for you. Right? <laughs> All right. So a certain food today, people are very careful with diets, right? This is good for you. This isn't good for you, etc. Some people couldn't care less. Whatever. There's a whole industry out there. Leave name Mayaya means your innards, your bowels, more than anything else. Okay, your intestines. What it means is your bowels. We've had that before too, so they're not afraid to talk about it. So if you want it, if you're now worried about what's good for you, here's your example: your heart, your eyes, and your bowels. Those are pretty good things <laughs> to take care of. So is there a special bracha for that? For what's no, this is just the, no. This is wild. Kahudiyatev that it's sitting, abe on the on on a on a kira on a on an oven, and it says tuch tuch, meaning it's boiling, <laughs> it's boiling. <laughs> that right? Is that, is that, you know, it's like you tell your kids, you know, you, you hear what's that? Oh, tuch tuch, you know. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. Out of the blue, okay? It means it's boiled. It's that's the way it's where it's a, okay. So that's that's what Abai and Abai is one of the great scholars. I can to tell you through, you know. So is he making fun of this? I can't tell you. 
Um, so, so let's look at Orach HaHalacha. Tavshil Yerak Vechema. Okay, vegetables and flour. Yerakot Sheikhnisu Bahen Kemach Al Minat Lidabeket Amachal. Okay, food stuff in which you put the flour in just to keep the stuff together. Ein Mevarkim Ela Ake Al Hayerakot. You only say it on the Yerek because the other one is simply merely tafel, it's to keep the stuff together. Okay, so let's say you're eating, okay, what bracha would you say on things like kanadalach? With meat in the middle. Depends how much meat is there. I guess so. Okay, I mean. If, it, if, it's, a, if it's a kibbe, if it's like a, one of those kibbies and the outside is just on the outside and it's mostly the meat, then. Okay, so these things apply. In that realm, it's not quite Yerik, but the same thing. You have thing. to cut into it first to know what what's there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's finish off the the next part too. We have a couple minutes in front of us. No, no, the point before Amara Papa. Papa. Oh, you don't like Rav Papa? He's the one that I'm going to talk about next Friday morning. For those of you who come to the Seum, Rav Papa, Rami Bar Papa, right? All of those Bar Papa people. Right. Right. Come next Friday morning. I'll, I'll do the Seum for you. It's simple for me, literally. The water in which a beet is sitting. What do you say, Bracha? You say. The bracha over the beat as such. And the water that's left from that which is the turnips, you say the turnips. It's given off the taste, remember, too, is if it's boiling, right? Everything that's boiled in the water that's left over, you would say like whatever that thing was. Maya de Shifta. Now, what about Shifta? Shifta is Shevet. He has a picture here of what Shevet is. How do they translate it? Dill. Dill. Okay? What? Dill. It's called Shamir now. Okay? Yeah, Shamir, right. Because it's a taste thing. Okay? You don't eat dill itself, it's used in tasting. The use is the same. The what? The use that they give you here is why Right. Well, wait, let's. Right. Well, wait, let's get there first. Okay. Mai the shift of mai. What are the possibilities? Go ahead. Is it to sweeten the taste? Zuhama. What's zihum in Hebrew today? Pollution. Pollution. Filth. Is it? Is it in a sense? You know, to, to help strain away that which is no good, or is it to sweeten up the taste? Tashma. We have another case, and this comes from one of the most difficult of all of the Mishnayot, known as Uktsin, stocks. Okay, it's Torah, it's Uktsin, which stock can become impure, and what if it comes into water, and which stock isn't impure, etc. Fascinating stuff. Where is that from? It's in the it's in the Mishnah. It's one of the Mishnayot and Kodoshim. No, there's no Gemara Uksin. Not the not the Talmud. No, not not Babylonian Talmud. Stock, like the bottom of a stock. The stock's the bottom of a plant. Correct. Not to stock someone. Hashavet Mishnah Nachna 
Okay, when, when it gives taste to that, the, the stock, with the stock, okay, you, you use stocks to be able to put, put in there, to be able to, is it to take away the taste? Is it added to the taste? What's the purpose of putting it in? Once it gives taste to the dish itself, in a sense, to the pot. Meaning it's not a foodstuff anymore. You don't have to give truma from it, and if you don't have anything with tuma, I mean it's simply an addendum to the... You sweeten up something. It's not something which you're really cooking to eat. You're gonna when well, you're gonna strain the soup. Let's say it's soup. You're gonna strain the soup afterwards and throw that out. You're not really eating it. It's there simply to sweeten the taste. Shmamina, Therefore, shmamina very often happens with them. Meaning, therefore, therefore we learn lematuke tamavde. It's to sweeten the taste. You don't say the bracha over something which simply is to sweeten the taste or to that kind of thing, Shmamina. And finally, if we look down at Orach HaLacha, Meirakot. Marak Meirakot. Vegetable soup. Shirigilim Lochlam Imarkam. That you eat the vegetables together with its soup, with the liquid. Mivarkim Alav Borei Priha Adama Kidivrei Papa. So over vegetable soup, which the main thing are vegetables, and the soup is basically the, you know, as, as the broth, if you will, you say Borei Priha Adama. Yes, ma'am. That depends how much meat and that kind of thing too. It depends how much meat. Yeah, no, no. Again, if it's a shlakot kind of concept, is it just a mixture? Is it just to add taste? Is it really a chicken soup where everything is really the meat and everything else is ancillary to it? All those kind of things. All right. So we uh, we did a good bye. Thank you, Shkah, and we'll continue next week.